What's up, guys? This is the Marriage Prep Podcast, episode number 16. And we are super pumped with this one. Today, we are interviewing a woman named Dana Hunter. Now, Dana is actually a professor at BYU. She's a foods teacher. And the reason we wanted to have her on is because we feel like one of the biggest things that new couples kind of argue about or kind of have issues with is like what they're going to eat. Like it actually becomes... You wouldn't think it, but it's true. Absolutely. It kind of becomes a big thing. Like Ali and I are always talking about like, what are we going to have for dinner? Like, what are we going to make? Like, we want to be healthy, but we don't want to just like, but it takes long to cook and it's so tough. And it's just just something that's totally new for us. And everyone deals with. Everyone deals with it. It's a big part of life. So we want to interview her and get kind of her tips and tricks on how we can kind of optimize this part of our lives. Definitely. And Dana is one of my professors. She's awesome. I've loved her class and I've learned so much. And it has really helped us because honestly, before this semester as newlyweds, like we did just like, I'm always like, Nathan, okay, give me ideas of what to make. And I'm always getting mad at him because he's not telling me what to buy and I have to come up with a grocery list and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. we have these like dumb, petty little fights, but I've just had a lot of things I've learned from this class. And so Dana's just really great at putting things into perspective and giving you tips and tricks. And so I just thought we might as well bring this person who's a total expert in food and, and being creative and thinking of things to cook for your family, might as well bring her on mm-hmm. and have her share some of her knowledge with you guys. Yeah, I know. This is a great episode, guys. There's a lot of wonderful tips and tricks. We talk about everything from like how to save money when you're grocery shopping to specific recipes you can make to the value of having dinners and meals together. So it's a great episode, guys. But a little bit about Dana. So Dana is, she's a professor, like I said, at BYU. She's a professor teaching food. So at the facts class, family and consumer science, she's been teaching for over 25 years. So she's a total expert. She got her master's degree at BYU and she just grew up cooking and doing all things like family and consumer science. So she's a perfect person for this. And so we yeah. hope you guys enjoy this one. She's awesome. Okay. Enjoy. Welcome to the Marriage Prep Podcast. I'm Nathan Hooper. And I'm Allie Hooper. In this podcast, we will give you all the resources that you need to go from dating or engaged to creating a lasting marriage that will bring you more happiness than you ever thought possible. Here, we're going to interview experts and discuss important topics like how to know if your partner is right for you. We will provide you guys a list of questions and conversations that you need to be having to make sure you're both ready for marriage and on the same page. We will even dive deep into topics like sexual intimacy, finances, how to have a fair fight, and a whole lot more to make sure you can step up to that altar with complete confidence. So subscribe now and make sure you guys don't miss any episodes and we'll see you in there. What is up, you guys? Welcome to this week's episode. We are super, super excited. We have one of my professors from BYU here with us today, Dana Hunter. So welcome to the podcast, Dana. Thank you. Um, We're super excited because today we're going to be talking about all things food, family mealtime. Dana is a professor at BYU and she teaches family and consumer sciences classes. So Dana, tell us a little bit. We kind of we kind of introduced you earlier, but tell us a little bit about your background and what kind of inspired you to become a family and consumer sciences major and teacher and so on. Okay, so I grew up primarily with three sisters, like four girls, really close in age. And we're all still kind of houseplants. Like we like going on walks and stuff, but we do enjoy the great indoors. And we (laughs) kind of, we just gravitated toward like baking and cooking and sewing. Our parents set up this awesome playroom. We had two sewing machines and we just like loved being together and cooking, baking, sewing, fun stuff like that. Our mom always like facilitated those hobbies. 
And she also like, she set a good example too, because she always would like plan out the week, like what she was making for dinner and she'd make a grocery list and go to the grocery store. Then once we got our driver's licenses, she'd send us to the grocery store. So it was kind of like, just like part of what my everyday life was like, oh, cooking and foods and let's have fruits and vegetables. And she always had like side dishes and salad and fruit and all that stuff. So all the food groups were included. So it was all just kind of, I loved it. And I took sewing classes all through high school. And then I just came to BYU as a declared home economics major, which is what the field was called in the 80s. Um, It's now family and consumer sciences. And I graduated with a bachelor's degree in home economics education. I taught in the public schools a bit. And then I got my master's. That's actually, then I started teaching in the public schools. And I've taught classes in my home. And I've been at BYU teaching foods for 20 years. So I have about like 20 to 25 years experience teaching foods. I love it though. And I'm like, so passionate about family mealtime. So I'm super stoked that yeah. I get to talk about it. I know. I Thank you so much for sharing that. I've really loved our class because we talk a lot about just the benefits of family mealtime and, and then like the how-to. So that's what we want to talk about today. I just thought it'd be cool to share with our listeners some of the awesome things we've talked about in our class and things that you have taught me as a student. And so, so yeah, I think it would be cool to just dive into... We I, I printed out one of the articles we read for class, but... I thought maybe we could just take a few minutes to talk about some of the benefits of eating together as a family. And obviously this podcast is geared towards people who are going to be newlyweds. So maybe just even eating as a couple and preparing for when you do maybe have kids. So, so yeah, I guess off the top of your head, what are some of the biggest benefits you see to eating together as a family? And we can deeper into that. Okay. So I thought about, as you were talking, I thought about an experience, a conversation I had when I moved to Utah like 20 years ago, so I have three grown kids. When we moved our family to Utah in 2000, and I mentioned to a friend that I was going to be teaching foods at BYU, she was like, oh my gosh, do you like cook dinner every night? And I said, yeah, pretty much. She's like, oh my gosh, my family would love it if I cooked dinner every night. And the first question that came into my head was, what are kids eating if somebody's not making dinner? So like, I think a big reason to do family mealtime, whether it's just as newlyweds or as you branch and get bigger and bigger and have a family is like to be eating real food, to be eating salad and fruit and whole grains and chicken. Because, I mean, I've asked this question to my students before, like if nobody's cooking dinner, what are they eating? Right? Right. And it's like Hot Pockets macaroni and cheese, ramen, which is fine every once in a while. Like I love that stuff every once in a while. But at some point, it's like, I just want like food, like dinner. Right. So um, I think there's connection. So so Mm -hmm. in addition to like nutrition, which I'm really passionate about. So in addition to getting like good, wholesome food, there's connection. As you have kids, it's kind of interesting. The pasta people, Barilla, they actually like sponsored a study and it's called the share the table study. And they found that 62% of kids picked family dinners over other activities as the best way to help them feel safe. 72% of kids feel closer to their parents when they have dinner together. 
76% of families say dinner is the most important way to connect. And 87% of parents feel more connected to what's happening in their kids' lives when they have mealtime together. So even a family, like newlyweds, you're a family. So you will feel that connection if you cook and eat together. Yeah, I love that. Something that makes me think of is when I was a kid and growing up, we we didn't have like family dinner every single night, but whenever we did, it was like a family thing and we all cooked together and it became this experience of we cook the meal together, we choose what to make together, and then we eat together and we talk together. And so like all of those aspects combined lead to like those improved things that you just talked about, right? Like kids are more confident and they have better relationships with their families and they're excited and they feel safe and connected. And isn't that what you would want as newlyweds too? Yeah. You know, like I think yeah. it's it's a great way when, when you're dating, you have, it seems like you make more time with each other, but when you're married, it's a great way to just build in that time together and mm-hmm. like keep almost dating, right? Make it an activity of cooking together. In so. fact, my son and his wife are newlyweds. I mean, they've been married like two years and they told me like neither one of them cooked a ton when they got married. Like my son knows how to cook and I know my daughter-in-law grew up in a house where her mom is an awesome cook. But just like in the last year, they've told me they're like, oh, mom, we like we set aside Friday or Saturday night and we like find a recipe that we're super stoked about. And then we go shopping and like we make a whole date night where we like making this awesome dish that we're super excited about. Yeah. So yeah, it's, there's, it's a great way to like build it into your date night, like your weekly routine. And let me be clear too, like there's a lot of recent stuff too that that reminds us that like family mealtime, it doesn't have to be every night to be effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more you have it, the more of a ritual it becomes and the right. more beneficial it can be. But it doesn't necessarily have to be every night. It doesn't have to be dinner. It could be like breakfast or lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, it also doesn't have to be family. Like some people live alone, but they connect with neighbors or they have a dinner group that meets once a week or something. So there's a whole lot of ways that you can get creative with the idea of connecting over food and family mealtime. Yeah. I just had a thought. I feel like every time you're like chatting with an old friend and you want to catch up, usually like the common thing is let's go grab lunch and catch up. It's a really like easy built-in way that humans use to connect. Like you have to eat three meals a day. So why don't you make it kind of a two for where you're feeding your, your body, but you're also feeding your soul, right? You're like connecting with people. And so if, if that's the way we connect with old friends, shouldn't we be connecting with our family members the same way? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that's like a really, that's a good way to look at or to feel motivated to have more family dinners together. So yeah, yeah, I really like that. I was kind of like overwhelmed in a good way with like all of the statistics that that are behind like the importance and the benefits of eating as a family, especially on kids. But I think also I would guess on newlyweds and at any stage of life, like just finding ways to eat together, whether that's health benefits, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. like emotional benefits, connecting with family members. So I think it's just... It's super, super, super important. You can't yeah. stress that enough. Yeah. yeah. I think that's powerful. I mean, you have to eat anyway, so you might as well like get these benefits from it with connecting with people. Like you said, Ellie, I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Love that. Totally. Yeah. So so that's kind of, I wanted to set us up with that because I think it's important that we're all in the same headspace of it's super, super important. 
But I also think there's different, we talked about this in class, there's different like levels of connection and there's different like, like I would, I would say like base, base level is it's great to eat one meal a day with family, but even better would be you're getting a nutritious meal and even better would be your phones are away. So, and you're connecting with each other. So maybe we could talk for a minute about ways to, if you are starting to eat more together, how can you kind of elevate that experience? Do you know what I mean? So, Mm. so like what kinds of conversations and how to keep the conversation going and do you know what I mean? So what kind of tips do you have to kind of elevate the family mealtime experience? Okay. So interestingly enough, so I come from a background, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But other Christian and even other religious groups pray before eating a meal. And that actually becomes like the prayer kind of becomes a way of like setting aside this time as like an important time. Mm. So that's something to consider. The interesting thing, too, is uh, a lot of Young adults, if they grew up in a home where you're praying at mealtime, that kind of wanes as you go off to college and live on your own or with roommates and eat on your own. Like that whole ritual of saying a prayer before mealtime kind of goes away. So maybe like it's a good time as newlyweds, if you are religious, as a time to bring that back. Yeah, And, And it does like build a bridge from like your regular chaotic day. And even the chaos of making dinner to it builds that bridge to where, okay, here's an intentional time. Yeah. And William Doherty wrote a book about the intentional family. And he talks about these rituals and these things that just build intention. So mealtime Mm -hmm. can be an intention. I think if you're lucky enough to have like a kitchen table, I think to sit down at the table, like with forks, knives and spoons and a plate. Mm-hmm. is big. Uh, my family, we're kind of bowl eaters, so it might be a bowl. Yeah. Um, but to sit down, and I like your idea, like put the phones away. I just saw mm-hmm. recently something, I don't remember where it was, but just saying in like relationships, can we just get the phones out of the way for right. a minute? Right. And mealtime would be a good time to do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I remember an article we read in the class that talked a little bit about maybe, and I, can't, I hope it was this class. I've read a lot of different articles about this recently, but we talked about maybe save the tough conversations for later and have yes. dinner time conversations be fun and exciting mm-hmm. and something you and your kids or your spouse can look forward to and just let it be like kind of that. Like you said, you're setting this time apart. You're maybe starting with a prayer or something that says, okay, this is dinner time. And then let's talk about things we're excited to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you think about that? Yeah. And it was in this class. Okay. <laughs> it might have been something in another class, but it wasn't yeah. that class where we talked about it's not necessarily a great idea to make mealtime the time when you're hashing out big problems. Like, right. so it's fun. There are, so there are some, you can find conversation starters online. There's also, I have in my classroom a little box. It's called, now I need to remind myself. It's called, oh, table topics and they're game cards. And for example, one of them said, if you could have one view from your window, what would it be? So that's mm. just kind of fun. Yeah. How is your family different from other families? You could talk about your family of origin yeah. with 
your spouse. Mm -hmm. And you could talk about also your dreams for the family that you're going to build and how you're going to blend them. Um, Yeah. One of them that I thought was really fun was if you could quit your job, what would you do? Mm. And there, I noticed there's, there's actually a box that is for couples, like table topics, and it's couples. And that's the one that said, if we could quit our jobs, what would we do? Which would be super fun to talk about. I didn't, I only saw it online. So I, I know there are some questions that are like, that ask about like sexual topics, but it doesn't get like, I don't think it gets like super intense or graphic or weird. I don't know. <laughs> so when I say right. the one for couples, let me put out this disclaimer. I have not read right. every card in the box. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's um, so cool though. Yeah. But I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. totally. We have this, we have a game that's kind of similar. It's called We're Not Really Strangers, but it's kind of a card game of like conversation starters to, I, I think it was made for like you to play with people you don't really know to get to know them better. Mm-hmm. But just that idea, we, we did that the other day because a lot of times Nathan and I will sit down after a long day and we're like, let's just turn on a show and like mind them a little bit. But one day I was like, I think it was after I was, it was kind of inspired by the class, but I was like, we need to just actually have a, an intentional conversation. So we just read two of the questions and talked about them, but it was like, how are we, I think one of them was maybe like, how are we doing as a couple or something? They were kind of deeper conversations, but we spent like 30 minutes talking about those two questions and it, I feel like we really connected. And do you, yeah, like, what no, do you think about I really that? like that because I think sometimes you'll be having a conversation. It's like, how was your day? It was good. Oh, how was my, my day was good too. Cool. And then you're just kind of like, well, now what? And mm-hmm. so like, all right, let's turn on that show. Yeah. You know, but versus having like these table conversations where it's, you know, we can kind of have these fun conversations. Like, what would we do? Or like, what was, what's our favorite view? Or that just sounds like a much better way to spend time and connect in a quicker amount of time by having like these kind of structured questions. Yeah. I like that a lot. I would also add, I think once you have kids, I think there's like built in, there's more things to talk about, but without kids, I think yeah. like when it's just us two, there's mm-hmm. not quite as much to talk about because we're kind of texting throughout the day about what's going on. And so it's not like you have all these things to catch up on when you have kids. It's okay. How was school? Tell me about your homework. Tell me about your friends. But when you're married, I do feel like you kind of already know basically everything you need to know about each other. And so it's nice to have this built in, like, let's get deeper. Let's talk more about fun things that you can be excited about. And I think that makes dinner really a fun thing to look forward to. Yeah, I really like that. We'll have to try to put something like that on our website so people can... A link to it or something. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. Another thing, just coincidentally, I have, like, I love to play games. And some of my favorite games, they're in a cabinet that's right near my kitchen table. So like when my kids are over for dinner, like often after we eat, we'll pull out a game because it's right there. Mm-hmm. And and oh, that's, that's fun, fun too. It kind yeah. of extends that dinner hour a little longer. And yeah. for couples, like there's so many games that are really fun and easy for two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I remember on Sundays, we always went after dinner, we'd kind of tidy up. And then as a family, we left our phones at home and we went for like a nice long walk together without phones. And that was really fun. So I think, and I remember that, that book, The Intentional Family by Bill Doherty. I, I think it's just fun to think of traditions or rituals within your family. And so whatever it might be, establish that, whether it's, okay, every, every dinner we start with a prayer and then we talk about a few questions or maybe what was the best part and worst part of your day and you go around. And then maybe on Sundays you go for a walk or maybe if you have a little extra time, you play a board game or whatever it is. So I think it's important and especially as you're like newlyweds and kind of establishing a foundation before you bring kids into the mix that you're getting like a really good like ritual going for dinner time and then hopefully keeping that when you have kids too. Yeah. I used to have an assignment in one of my classes that my students, they wrote a thing about, it was like family meal traditions. 
just a little bit of the assignment. And I tell you, there were a lot of times where students, like their big memory about family and food was dad made a big breakfast every Saturday morning. Oh, And I just think that's really cool. I love when like a lot of times, like we get in these gender, like these traditional gender roles where like mom does all the shopping and the cooking and blah, blah, blah. And I love, like my son does most of the cooking in their family. And I love it when I hear that like, dad is super involved or dad has like figured out his niche food and it's always like a big deal when dad makes that yeah. niche food. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. So everybody, I think every family's different and it's final it works for you, but mm-hmm. I, I love that and involve both like both parts of the couple, right? The husband and wife. It's super fun when Nathan and I cook together. We don't do it as much as we should, but when we do cook together, it's really yeah. fun. And no, I- I love that. Allie and I have our little side business where we sell these crepe pans, but that's a big thing we always hear is like conference weekend or whenever there's mm-hmm. big events, people make these crepes. That's like what they always remember. Like, I just think it's so cool to have those experiences where you just don't forget like those little memories of having this one specific food that you always ate or this big tradition with dad making breakfast on Saturdays. It's just, it's a yeah. fun family thing. There's Yeah, there's and, a lot of memories tied to food. And two, yeah. like, don't feel bad when dinner is a bust. Like one of the things we talk, it comes up, occasionally, not often, but sometimes we reminisce about a dinner that I made that was just gross. Like it was awful, but we all remember it. <laughs> yeah. So no, I re- and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. It that's is. Like it's normal. okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll think I about some that. of those things too. And it just becomes like a funny thing later on. Mm-hmm. Like remember when you made that? Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. But I think that's important as you're trying. So I think, yeah, we, I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, but I think it'd be cool to kind of transition right now into the how-to because I think a lot of newlyweds, maybe you're transitioning from either you were living at home and your parents were doing a lot of the cooking or they were facilitating that, or maybe you're living with roommates and you're not really doing it right now. So some people, a lot of our listeners, I would guess maybe don't feel comfortable cooking or maybe you just aren't sure where to start. And so I thought maybe we could talk because a big part of the class that we have is just how-tos, right? Like general tips for just cooking in general. So I guess my first question for you, Dana, would be, what advice would you give to someone who doesn't really feel comfortable in the kitchen? Like, how do you get started? What's the best place to start with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Man, just start, just try something. And it can be as easy as like pasta dishes are really easy. Right. Rice dishes are easy. Find a blog that you trust that you know has good recipes. I'll tell you a couple of my go-tos Mel's Kitchen Cafe. Emma's in Mary, E-L-S, Mel's Kitchen. She's got great stuff. Anytime I've tried anything of hers, it's awesome. And it's not fussy. So I like that because I'm not a fussy cook. The other place you might consider is the Food Nanny. Their, I like their philosophy. And what they do is like, each night is like a theme and they really stick with it. Like Mm -hmm. Monday is comfort food. Tuesday is Italian. Although I would change that to Mexican because I would have taco Tuesday. But (laughs) Wednesday is fish or meatless or breakfast. Thursday is Mexican. Friday is pizza. Saturday is grill. Sunday is family traditions. So in their cookbooks, and on their website, you can actually follow them on Instagram. I don't know them. I just, a student introduced them to me like years ago, but I like it because they're all about gathering family to the table. And they actually have a two week meal plan that you could like sign up for and get. And then, like, 
all the work is done. You're just like, mm. oh, I'm going to make their Alfredo. Yeah. Um, I would say if, so choosemyplate.gov it, or myplate.gov is a site that is put out by the USDA and it helps Americans make healthy food choices. Now, if you just picture a dinner plate, what they recommend is that throughout the day, like half of your plate is fruits and vegetables. The other half is like nutrient-dense proteins, like lean beef, fish, chicken. And then the other four, or so half is fruits and vegetables. And then you've got a fourth, basically, that's protein and a fourth that is grains Mm -hmm. and incorporate whole grains. So if you can just think of that, and then they're like, remember to have dairy. I love dairy, so I don't have to be reminded of dairy. (laughs) (laughs) But so think about that. Like as you're planning, think about, okay, what what proteins do we like? Do we like beans? Do we like beef? Do we like ground beef? Do we like chicken? Okay, what vegetables do we like? Are we more salad people or are we more let's cook them up. So let's have fajitas or let's make a pan of roasted vegetables. Yeah. I think if you make a plan, you're going to find that you have less waste. Yeah. I'm not big on celery. I don't eat it like outside of if it's in a recipe, for example. So if I have a recipe that has me make using celery, then sometime during that week, I'll also plan another dish that uses celery. Mm. My brother has a great recipe for Greek beef with orzo that has celery in it. So anytime like I make that, I always find something else yeah. that I can. So that's why I like the idea of a, at least a week long plan, but yeah. even two weeks. And then you know what you're making. And honestly, if you're newlyweds, you're not cooking every night. Yeah, Plan for like three meals a week because mm-hmm. you're going to have leftovers and you're going to want to like at the last minute go out with some friends or have a date night that's at a restaurant. Totally. Totally. I agree with that. One of our favorite things to do is I'll make like a big casserole of lasagna or I'll make a big batch of soup or different things that are big. And then I kind of portion them out in Tupperwares um, Mm -hmm. that are kind of meal size. And then we can have that for lunch or dinner for a few days. I'll maybe cook three times in a week and then I have leftovers or we can go out, like you said. So that's, I think that's a really, really good tip. And then also I love the the myplate.gov. I think that's that's been huge for me to just picture like, okay, how much fruit am I getting? And I think it was like 60% fruits to 40% mm-hmm. vegetables on the first half and then 60, 40 for like whole It's a little heavier and, on veggies, I think. Yeah, a little, yeah, heavier, a little heavier on, on veggies. veggies. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I mean, I might've flipped that, but veggie, more veggies and more grains than protein and fruit, but kind of get a good balance of everything. So that's been like super eye-opening to me to just try to think about. And that makes it kind of built in a built-in plan for your dinners. Yeah. So Then another thing you might look into, and you guys, I get, you can link this. I mentioned Mel's Kitchen. I kind of forgot until I just looked at a couple of notes I had written. On Mel's Kitchen, she actually has a PDF you can download that's called How to Be a Kitchen Rock Star. Mm. She lists basic tools that you need in the kitchen, basic ingredients that you need. She also Mm. lists some go-to meals that don't require a recipe, like paninis or burritos Mm. or omelets or scrambled eggs. I would say breakfast for dinner, like once a week, is really inexpensive and it's really nutrient-rich. Eggs are a great source of protein. You can really boost them with vegetables, peppers, mushrooms, spinach. Mm onion. Yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I I think it's cool to just like find 
I think the more structure you have, so like whether it's, yeah, Mondays are Mexican, Tuesdays, what like having a plan, I guess, really, really helps. And I've also loved like we kind of plan out our week's meals in advance. So those are some really, really good tips. Anything you guys would add to that? Oh, yeah. I love that. I guess what are some of your favorite recipes, Dana, that you like to go to? Like mm-hmm. when you're in a, like a, a crunch or whatever, what are some easy, fun favorite recipes that you like? Yeah. And that's actually like to have a couple of go-tos is really good too. Um, my go-tos have evolved. Like when my kids were little, there was a go-to that was this taco casserole and it legit used a half pound of ground beef. So I could feed my family of five with a half pound of ground beef, which was huge. And it was, you would mix the ground beef with like tomato sauce and frozen corn and cheese and taco seasoning. And then you layered it with like corn tortillas and then baked it. And I would serve that with rice because rice added as like an extra filler. So that was a go-to when my kids were little. And then as they got older, like teriyaki bowls became a big go-to. I just made it last week. My son was in town and it's still his favorite. So like rice or noodles. And then I'll cook up some teriyaki chicken. So literally cooked chicken. I like to like shake it. I cut chicken into little pieces, like one inch-ish bite-sized. And then I'll shake it in a bag with flour and salt and pepper. And then I cook it in a skillet that has a little bit of oil. And just let it sit. When it's ready to be turned, it'll be easy to turn. Then you can just turn it around and move it around. Then I add teriyaki sauce or I'll make a teriyaki sauce with a mix of soy sauce and sugars and mirin and ginger, but you can just use bottled. So I add teriyaki sauce to that. The flour that was on the chicken will kind of thicken the sauce a bit. Mm -hmm. And then I cook up some vegetables. You can use frozen vegetables. A lot of people think frozen vegetables are like taboo. They're not healthy. No, they are flash frozen like soon after they're harvested. So they're really nutrient dense. Like they're very good for us. So grab frozen vegetables if that's what you like. I love fresh because I'm a weirdo. I like to like prep my vegetables with my knife and my cutting board. But then just like layer in a bowl your noodles or your rice with your teriyaki chicken and then veggies. Yeah. So that's been a go-to. Another go-to is like this red and white pasta. And it's just a baked pasta where you cook up some penne pasta, you layer it in a dish with red sauce, like a bottled like ragu. I make an Alfredo. So I'll do like half of the cooked pasta, half of the ragu, half of the Alfredo, some mozzarella, and then another, then I repeat another layer of cooked pasta, ragu, Alfredo, and cheese. It's meatless. It's like a crowd pleaser. If you have to take a meal to somebody, it freezes well. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's so many like that. What are your go-tos? I think recently I've been doing a lot of just like, because I've been, my eyes have been open to how much vegetables we aren't eating. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing a lot of like, I'll pick a vegetable. So usually lately it's been like asparagus and broccoli and I'll layer like a sheet pan with a bunch of broccoli or asparagus and I'll squeeze like lemon juice over it, olive oil, salt, and then some fresh garlic. And then on the other half, I do like chicken breasts or chicken thighs, cut them in half. So they're thinner, like cutlets. And then same thing, like lemon pepper, lemon juice. So it's just kind of like a fresh taste and then salt and garlic and then just throw it in the oven. It all cooks together for like 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the temperature of your oven. And then sometimes we'll add rice to that. Mm -hmm. So just like veggies in the oven, just sheet tray meals have been really nice. And then I also, yeah, I'll go to different blogs and find like, I always find one or two new recipes, but and like 
lasagna is a good example of something you don't really need a recipe for, but just like big casserole dishes are are nice, easy go-tos. And then the other one that I make a ton is fajitas. I make a lot of fajitas. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. yeah, class. chicken and bell peppers and lemon. You like, you kind of marinate the chicken. So you slice up chicken strips and then marinate it just with lemon juice and garlic salt. And then stick that in the oven and then, I mean, in the fridge and marinate it. And then just like sliced bell peppers and onions, cook that in butter and then add the chicken, cook it all up. And then I usually make homemade tortillas or you can just use fresh tortillas. And that's like so delicious and super easy. And then you can heat up the leftovers if you need to. So yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. One thing I'll add for those of us who aren't proficient cookers, (laughs) um, Allie and I picked up one of those little like egg cookers, which is like, it's like the perfect size to cook one single egg. Little mm-hmm. griddle. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like a tiny little griddle that closes, cooks both sides. So I will all the time just like crack an egg on there, cook an egg, put it on like an English muffin, mm-hmm. like a little, like a bagel or a piece of toast, put some cheese and some ham and that kind of a thing. So avocado. That's yeah. a, an avocado. That's really good. And I think that it gets you a lot of protein and yeah. totally. I and love it. It's easy to make. So yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. Like Nathan makes a lot of like toasts, like banana mm-hmm. toast with peanut butter mm-hmm. or like avocado toast. Yeah. That's like, if you aren't proficient in, in cooking, like you can start with easy things and then try something new every week. I like, we've talked a lot about that in class. Just try something new, like try to experiment, get creative, but also do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. So what are some other fun ways Dana, you found to like implement more like vegetables into your meals? Um, I think that's something that Allie, like Allie makes a lot of smoothies and so she puts mm-hmm. like a lot of spinach in her smoothies, but there's some other things that you've done that to like implement that. So it's still like good and it's fun, but it's healthy as well. Okay. So I generally, when I have a smoothie, I do throw in a big handful of spinach. And that's that's often the way I start my days with a smoothie with like peanut butter powder, almond milk, banana, ice cubes, and a bunch of spinach. Sounds so good. Uh, lunch, I just, I'm the weirdo who like when I go to Subway, I'm like, put all the vegetables on it. So honestly, like just load up the vegetables. If you're just cooking for two, Like my aunt, now that she and her husband are empty nesters, like she goes to the grocery store like that has a really nice salad bar with COVID. Some of those are closed, but they'll open back up. But she'll like just buy a bunch of already prepped vegetables from her salad bar at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And then she uses those like in her meal prep. There have been times where I'll like prep a big bowl of like romaine lettuce. I'll wash it, spin it put it in a bowl. And then I'll also have another bowl that's full of like all the fun add-ins like pepperoncinis, sun-dried tomatoes, artichoke hearts, olives, maybe some salami or some cheese. And I'll have that in another bowl. And then when I'm ready for like a salad, I just take out a big handful of the lettuce and I take out like a big scoop of the guts, as I call it. (laughs) And then I just like toss it together. So I think prep, like, yeah. first of all, being mindful of it and buying it at the store mm-hmm. and just have fun. Like, I'll go to the store and I'll see asparagus on sale. I'm like, oh, my gosh, hot dang. I'm having asparagus this week. Yeah. So be open to new stuff that's on sale, but buy it. You got to buy it. Mm-hmm. And then I think to my benefit, I hate to throw away food. So if I buy it, oh, You're I'm going to use it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then lately I've been really trying to incorporate at least a cup of vegetables into every dinner. So I'm really watching for, okay, what do I want to roast? Or what do I want to put in a salad? Mm -hmm. Or what do I want to saute and add to my pasta? 
Yeah, so... Totally. I remember like one day we talked about all the different vegetables we could put into a pasta sauce mm-hmm. or like there's just things you can you can always be creative and add vegetables to whatever recipe you have. Yes. So yeah, I really love that. And I think just being creative, our favorite is like roasting vegetables. Like I'll mm-hmm. just chop up. I did this for, for a class assignment, but you just, I'll just chop up like sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts and tons of different vegetables and roast them all together. And it's, it's really tasty and really easy. It takes like 20 or 30 minutes, sometimes more. So yeah, you can get creative, but I think there's lots of ways to, to get vegetables in. So totally. that's a good question. Soups too. I mean, yeah. you can make like a cream of, like a butternut squash soup that's super yummy and it's like a lot of vegetable mm-hmm. and you can just add a lot of veggies, like real make really vegetable rich soups. And if you have a yeah. recipe for soup that calls for like, oh, a cup of carrots and a cup of um, celery, it's not going to hurt to put in a cup and a half right. or to add mm. peas and green beans and whatever other right. vegetables you like. So yeah, think outside the box and just add more. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Totally. So one thing that Allie and I kind of like a constant struggle, I guess, is just knowing what we want to have for dinner a lot of times. So like Allie's like, well, I'm going to the grocery store, like give me three meals. Like I need three meals from you. Like three ideas. Yeah. Three ideas. Like what can we eat? So I think that's something that like we kind of have a struggle with sometimes. I know a lot of other couples do as well. Like what are your like hard and fast rules? What advice would you give to young couples who are just like, I just don't know what to have. Like I want to eat healthy. I want to like have these great meals. But I really just don't know what to eat. Like what, what advice would you give to them? So one thing I'm thinking is like, you could go back to like the food nanny idea and you could say, okay, realistically, we're going to cook three nights a week. One night we're going to do pasta. One night we're going to do rice. One night we're going to do breakfast for dinner. Mm. Like that would be super easy. Mm -hmm. That narrows it down Uh a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh huh. And then you could have like five or six breakfasts to rotate through five or six Uh pasta or like Mexican. So then, yeah, I think, I think that's super helpful. And I think as you get older, you kind of build up your recipe like reservoir. Like For my sure. parents have like so many cookbooks and mm-hmm. so many recipes that they have saved up. But as newlyweds, you're still learning that. We have an assignment. We're gathering recipes in our class right now. But I think as you get recipes that you like, print them out, write them down. And I've started working on like, I just have a binder of all my favorite recipes. And then I can just look through that. And so then I'm like, okay, here's 15 ideas. Which one, which three do I want to make this week? You know what I mean? So yeah. Have you ever, do you know, in the office supplies part of like Walmart or Target, they have like this accordion folder thing that is supposed Mm -hmm. to organize letters or documents. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you drop things in and it has like tabs. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually use one of those for my recipes. Oh. So when I cut, like back in the day when you would like cut a recipe out of a magazine yeah. or a newspaper or something, but, or if I just write down a quick recipe or I like, anyway. Print it out from but the that's, website. Yeah. Or I print it out. I, I have it like in, I have like appetizers, yeah. um, cookies, cake, desserts, poultry, beef, yeah. pork. So I have categories and I stick those printed things in there. So there are a lot of different ways you can make it work. I don't use Pinterest. I know a lot of people use Pinterest as a way of organizing. Mm. I tend to be more like I want the piece of paper next to me in the kitchen because my phone keeps going dark or my laptop keeps going dark, Mm -hmm. the screen. And so I just rather have the piece of paper next to me. Right. And I would say, look, also look for just some basic cookbooks like the Food Nanny or Betty Crocker, mm-hmm. or Pioneer Woman, or... Yeah. Or like blogs. You can go through blogs and print yes. things yes. out that you mm-hmm. like. That's what I've done a lot of. Cool. Yeah. 
Bountiful Kitchen is a really good one that I like. Yes. Yeah. So I'll just go through and I'll find like they're categorized too. And then I'll print out the ones I like. And if I make them and like them, then I keep it. If not, I throw the recipe away if it wasn't a good yeah, recipe. So for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And awesome. ask your friends what their go-tos are. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because everybody has different ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what are some what's some advice Dana, you'd give to us to save money when we're at grocery shopping? Like, is there some tricks mm-hmm. that you've kind of picked up? to help us to save money when we're grocery shopping to make it more cost effective for us? Okay, yeah, for sure. Because I am cheap and I want to spend money on vacation, not on food. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Google, if you need to know what fruits and vegetables are in season, because you're going to get better quality and better prices if they're seasonal. We're ta- Right now we're in spring, so asparagus really is in season and you can get some good deals. Pretty soon we're going to be getting good deals on strawberries. But look, seasonal... For produce, also compare the cost of frozen and fresh because frozen might be cheaper, especially with berries. Frozen is probably always going to be cheaper. Now, berries aren't going to work well if you're making like strawberry shortcake, but if you just need them for smoothies. Mm -hmm. Right. The other thing I've found is most recipes will work well and you'll still have a great product if you use less meat and less cheese, which are basic, they're usually the most expensive components of a meal, Mm -hmm. right? Is either chicken or beef or cheese. Mm -hmm. Also, as you plan, don't make the protein the focal point of the meal. Like I mentioned this taco casserole that like it seriously fed three little kids and a mom and a dad with a half pound of ground beef because it had corn and tortillas and sauce as other fillers. So mm-hmm. that's why pastas and dishes with rice and, you know, casserole type things, soups yeah. work really well. They yeah. just extend your food dollar. Check out the, when you are buying meat, there's usually a section in the store that's reduced for quick sale because mm-hmm. it's fresh meat that they need to get rid of. So check that out. It's really smart. You can sometimes get a really good deal on some like I've gotten sausage before. And then I was like, oh, good. So I was incorporating sausage into our spaghetti and it's just so yummy. Yeah. Um, or I was making breakfast sandwiches. I was adding mm-hmm. sausage to the egg yeah. and the English muffin and stuff. Yeah. I remember one day you mentioned like, if you don't know exactly when you're going to use that meat, but you find something that's on sale, just throw it in the freezer. Yep. And then that way, because usually meat only lasts a few days, right? Mm-hmm. Until you really want to cook it in the next couple days, ideally. So throw it in the freezer and then you have stuff. And then if you haven't been able to get to the grocery store, you can look through your freezer and be like, okay, what frozen vegetables and meats do I have? And let's like make something that works. So yeah. I really like that. And then I mentioned, I re- like the most expensive food is food you're going to throw away. Mm-hmm. And I said that I really detest wasting food. So an example in like my life last week, I had a plan to make fish tacos with my kids, but we never had them. So I had like three tomatoes in my, my house and I'm like, I'm not going to eat these. And then I decided I'm not going to throw them away either. So I chopped them. I cooked them in a skillet with a little bit of oil and some bell pepper that I had and some red onion that I had. And then I can just freeze that and use it later. I ended up actually putting it into a Greek salad with like greens and olives and pepperoncinis and oh my Mm. gosh it's such a great addition to my salad and when I thought I almost threw them away because it was like three little just three tomatoes right Um, so utilize leftovers when you have food that's getting a little tired ask yourself can I cook that and freeze it and use it later like celery 
carrots, onions. You can cook those up, freeze them in a baggie and use them later in soups or casseroles or something. So not just what you're spending your money on, but avoid throwing away what you've spent your money on. Right. I love that. One thing Nathan has pointed out recently is like, I usually go to the grocery store once a week religiously, like every week. I never go more than seven days. Sometimes I go more frequently than that. But recently, college life is kind of busy. So sometimes we don't get to the store for a few extra days. And when we think we're out of food, but we have some Mm -hmm. stuff in our pantry and we have some stuff in our freezer, Nathan's like, I don't like it because the food isn't quite as good, but we are forced to be creative. And then we use up all of our like food storage and Mm -hmm. stuff. And you're kind of forced. We talked about that this week in our class about using your food storage. But when you're forced to be creative, like if you can just give yourself two or three days where you don't necessarily have a plan, but if you've like lived somewhere long enough, you'll have food that's, that doesn't go bad or whatever. That's kind of fun to get creative and just be forced to use up everything in your fridge and then start fresh. Yeah. And for sure, like the stuff that you've probably heard, like shop with a list, which I already talked about, like plan for a week or two and and then buy the stuff you need. A way to save money if you need herbs and spices is if you just need a little bit, go to a place where you can buy them in bulk, where you could like buy two teaspoons of turmeric that you're Mm, probably using for one recipe, but you don't know if you'll use it again. I think Um, that's so smart. Also, what was it? Oh, like don't shop hungry. Don't shop tired. Know your store. And there we talked about this too. Like there are phases in your life where maybe because of your guys' commute, you pass like five grocery stores on your way to and from school. So you could hit up Winco and Smith's and Macy's if you wanted to. And that might be important at this phase of your life where you're like, we want to save money. But then there might be another phase of your life where you're like, convenience is more important. So I'm going to pick the one store that overall gives me the biggest bang for my buck, like gives me what I want most. I can get in and out. I love the store, whatever's important to you. For me, like that golden store is Winco. I love Winco. And if I find myself on I-15 in North Orem, I'm saving my grocery list and I'm buying everything at Winco. That's just, it does it for me. Like I like their variety. I like their prices. Other people, they're like, no, I'm Harmon's because I want the gourmet cheeses. It just depends. But find a way to get in and out of the store fast because that'll save you money. So know the store layout. Take a list. The less frequently you go to the store, the less money you're going to spend at the store. So I love your idea of, well, I don't know if we need to go shopping yet. We still got like three days worth of food. You And budget. I'm a budgeter. I have been my whole life. Like, Make a budget, find a budgeting system that works for you and make it, make it work like budget, right. mm-hmm. save totally. money so you can go on vacations. Don't spend it all on food. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. I did that a lot this past summer. Like we, we lived in Orem for a little bit while Nathan was working at a sales job. And so I would go to Sprouts because they have really cheap vegetables that go on sale. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to Trader Joe's because they have great freezer food if I needed like a quick, easy meal. And then I would go to Winco because they have great inexpensive proteins like meats and bulk section. And so I, I like totally did that. I went to different stores that had, cause you, you find out like what stores have the cheapest of everything and the best of everything. I've heard like Rancho Market is great for produce. Mm-hmm. So lots of different, yeah, just play around with it. Yeah. But I, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. So one thing I'll add too is Ali and I will often use like the click lists, like Walmart click list or like oh, Smith's yeah. and just like that way you can like pre create your list, everything you need not going to get tempted like by going to the store and it's so quick you just pull up you call them they bring the food to you and you're you go 
And that's a great way, I think, to like be organized and save money. For do you know what? shoppers. <laughs> I had forgotten about that because I'm a weirdo. I like to do my grocery shopping. But I have a friend who says she spends so much less money on groceries because she orders it online. She pulls mm. up, she picks it up, and she drives away. She's not tempted by all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can ask Nathan if I going into the store, I'm spending at least twenty dollars I didn't plan to on random stuff because yeah. it's just you just get tempted or you're like you just see things that mm-hmm. look good and you throw it in the cart. But if you can shop online, you're only getting what's on your list. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a good that's a good thing if you yeah. yeah, just know yourself for sure. So yeah. Awesome. So I think we kind of covered everything that we'd like to cover today. Just reiterating, it's super important that you're getting those family meal times in. And hopefully these tips and tricks were helpful. Dana, we really, really appreciate all your wealth of knowledge for your all of your experience over the years. Any last advice that you would give to young couples or young people who are kind of wanting to embark on the journey of eating more frequently, more healthy as a family? Okay. So another fun, well, another interesting fun place to look at information on mealtime is the Family Dinner Project. So familydinnerproject.org. Ann Fischel wrote a book called Home for Dinner, and she's involved with this project. I will say this is what she said. She said, time is certainly one of the biggest obstacles to families gathering for dinner or couples, right? But so is thinking that the meal has to be cooked from scratch, made with organic ingredients and labored over for hours. She says quick, easy meals are just as good as gourmet ones. The main benefits come when the food arrives at the table and everyone can spend time together. So just do it. Like just just decide, you know what? I'm tired of grabbing takeout on the way home and eating it in the car. Like I want, I want meaningful food. I want meaningful conversations. I want meaningful time. And just do it. Start small and do it. And if you have any questions, find me at BYU. Reach out totally. to me. I'll help you. <laughs> if you go to BYU, take her class. It'll change your life yeah. for sure. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing. I think, yeah, I think it really comes down to just stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. It's something you're doing three times a day. You've got to eat. So why not make the most of it? Save some money. Have some good conversations with the people that you love. Really just optimize that time. So. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of sums up this episode. I hope it was helpful for you guys. I know it's a little different than some things that we do, but I think everybody eats and I really, I really hope it was, it was helpful for you guys. Yeah. So thanks yeah. so much. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to try like doing some of these table topics and some mm-hmm. of these different things. And so I'm really excited about it. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So that wraps up this week's episode and we'll see you guys in two weeks. See ya.